Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Episode 12. We're back. Today's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, actually, um, it's a hurricane happening right now in the coast of South yeah. Carolina. Luckily, we, I was kind of afraid about Friday because we're supposed to be getting it right now. Yeah, but yeah. it kind of toned down just a little bit. Well, it took off the other direction a little bit, but yeah. I saw some uh, pictures of Polly's Island where the pier is gone. Oh, really? Yeah. So there was a huge storm surge. Last I heard, it was 20 foot, 21 foot waves. Wow. And making more of a northern landing uh, north of Buford, like Allendale, Georgetown. So crazy. I mean, it could be worse. Oh, right? yeah. It, yeah. It could have been Florida, who, That's right. who had nothing spared yeah. by a long shot. Yeah. So, anyway, prayers to those in Florida and on the coast of Hurricane Ian. Ian, how do they come up with that? Uh, I think it's alphabetical, right? Is it male, female, letter? Oh, I have no idea. I think it is alphabetical, though. Yeah, it is alphabetical, so interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Today, we've got a good friend of ours and local business entrepreneur, mogul. Killing it. Killing it. Alex Butterball. What's what's going to be awesome about this podcast is I like I've watched you guys from afar. You know, obviously I don't know you, but I mean yeah. I I kind of ran into you guys at the beer station. Okay. Before you opened, so I knew it was coming. I knew what you guys were doing. Um. Was so that, yeah, was that the uh, the early Oconee Young Professionals meeting? Yeah, but okay. even before that, I wow. just kind of yeah. ran into you guys in gotcha. there. Might have been. And was talking to what. Uh, what was his name that worked in there? Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. I talked to Patrick, and then after you guys would leave, he would, you know, tell me, yeah, I think they're open. You know, they're opening a brewery up in Seneca and whatever. So I was like, cool. Yeah. So we opened up Kiwi Brewing. Now, sidebar here. If yeah. I'd have known that was coming, I would have never sold the building right across, across the street, street yeah, from that. I know. Like I missed it. They announced, and then oh, it was too yeah, late. It was. You thought but, nothing was going to happen. I mean, I thought I'd have to make it all happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, or a collective of private equity would have I to think, make it happen. I think the brewery was probably the best thing that happened to Seneca because it gave Seneca a staple on the other side of town. Yeah. You know, an anchor. Right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, so and now people can build around it. That, that was kind of our goal um, all along. Is, oh, know, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone knows Ramcat Alley is kind of yeah. happening and, and everything. And then the rest of the da- downtown was a little, a little vacant. Right. Um, you know, and so it would just the building was what we were looking for, and uh, you know what we needed, and uh, just happened to be on the other side of town, which was great. So we could help build up that side, and you know we're hoping to see the middle fill in. Yeah. Now, now well, we can get into it in a little bit. But did you guys purchase more property too? We did. Or, yeah. Okay. Cool. Behind we'll it, get in. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, so before we get into too much, why don't you? So Alex has brought us several beers to try. In these crowlers, so those of uh, those people that are listening, it's very similar to a growler. You get it to go, but it's uh, how many pints is this? It's two pints, uh, thirty-two ounces. Uh, two can, pints can in, a, in a can instead of a, a glass. Uh, yeah, jug. Right. So, what are we starting with today? Tell us a little bit about this beer. Oh, you started off with a big hitter. Yeah, I figured we'd go light. (laughs) Is that like a double double IPA or something? No, 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 Imperial Stout. Okay, this will be interesting because I'm not a stout. I never drink stouts. I'm not an IPA guy either. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to do, I am today. I'm a Kiwi Brewing guy. There you go. We brought a little bit of everything. Right on. For everybody. So why don't you pop that open? Yeah. And we'll we'll start off with this one. So tell us a little bit about what's this called? Whoa. Um, This is called Mexican Cake Barista. Um, and so we have done a beer previously um, that was called Mexican Barista. It was a stout that we did with. Right. Um, yeah, sorry. Grab the uh, there you go, paper towels. Yep, make it a little mess. 
Um, we had done a stout previously that we did with um, the Mexican blend coffee from Silva Coffee out of Clemson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we called that one Mexican Barista. Um, and then... That was like a collab you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got their coffee um, and put it in there. Um, and then, you know, with this one, everyone knows kind of um, the Mexican cake kind of theme um, for um, beers that a lot of people are doing, um, doing... There is a Mexican cake. Yeah, we were talking about that last week. Western Coast serves, and I forget the brewery that does yeah. it. Are you familiar? Probably, probably Westbrook. They were the first, I think, Might have been. to do. And uh, I hadn't tasted this yet, but I can tell you the Mexican cake from there is very expensive for one, but it's almost like a piece of art because there's so much going on. Yeah, so we kind of put our own twist on it. Um, this has coffee from Due South Coffee Roasters out of Greenville in it. Um, it has Madagascar vanilla, and then it also has... Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it also has so good. Yeah, um, habanero oh peppers in it as well. So I was going to say I, I, I got some heat on yeah. that. Yeah. So and in, in, with everything that we like, or everything we do, we like to keep everything kind of balanced. So you're able to see or taste each of those flavors individually. Right. So you can get that vanilla. Oh, on, for sure. You get the coffee kind of in the middle, and then, and then just a the little end. heat. At, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's not overpowering. It's, it's not, not anything that's going to make you, you know. Be like, not, what the yeah, heck? This not is so good. That's perfect. Uh, that yeah. is so good. So, is this seasonal or is this just a one-off run you made? You know, this was kind of just a one-off. Um, we've been doing a lot of stouts lately, um, which is kind of crazy to do in the middle of the summer because a lot of people, um, at least in this area, don't drink a lot of heavy beers in the in the, in the summer. Yeah. And so, but we've been doing it um, to put a lot of it in bourbon barrels and you know age it and and cool. save it for a later date. Um, and so we do that with uh, each batch of stout that we've been brewing, but um, obviously we don't have enough to fit um, or fill exactly a barrel right. or, you know, bourbon barrels. So we have a little leftover and uh, we have this little baby tank that we call our R&D tank that we... Uh, R&D tank. Yeah. That's your personal, that's your personal drink. Where you try new, yeah. new yeah, stuff. So let me ask you this. Throw it around. I know you have your staple uh, brews that you keep on the menu yeah. almost all the time. And then you have, I guess, some of these experimentals. What's yeah. the what's the spread on that? Yeah, so um, we really only have two that two beers that we keep on tap at all time, or try to at least. Um, one of them is Good Friends, our Kolsch, um, which I brought along. We've got with some us. in here. Yep. And then the other one is My Blood Runs Orange. It's a Blood it's, Orange IPA. That's um, what I had last night. It looks like orange juice, yeah. which is the way I like it. Right. It's probably my go-to when I go there. Yeah. yeah. Is that one. Probably yeah. everybody's go-to when they go there. I thought it you, seems like. you said you weren't. An I'm idea. not. Yeah, he's I'm not. not. He don't know what he <laughs> is. I'm not, but that one is good. Yeah. Because when I look at the menu, I was a Colts fan for a minute. And what I learned about myself and craft beer is my taste buds completely change. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll start off. I started <laughs> off when I opened up Weston Co. I was huge IPA. Like, yeah. I wanted to drink bong water, like the 420 Right, that sweet water is kind of where I was at. Dank, you like it? Yeah, dank? yeah. And now it's like, oh, no, you can't do can't it. Can't stand it, really. See, yeah, and so. I think everything, the, the craft beers that I like are the ones that are truly crafted. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, technically now everybody calls everything a craft beer. Sure. If it's an IPA, it's a craft beer, even if it's mass produced, right? Well, to me, that's not that's not the craft going in. like that right there is very crafty. Mm-hmm. Like those flavors, you know, that's or even on the IPA side. Um, you know, I, I think like craft beers, like whiskey, like cigars, any of that stuff, your flavor profiles and what you like are going to change over time. Yeah. You're going to evolve. And then you probably make a circle right back to the beginning at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Even with me, I mean, it's a, it's a funny story. Um, my aunt helped start, um, 
Boulevard Brewing Company in, in um, Kansas City. They were they've been around since eighty seven, eighty nine, something like okay. that. They're, okay. they're one of the largest breweries in, in the U.S. now. Um, but uh, my brother went to grad school out in Kansas City, and so when we were out there, he was like, "Hey, let's go check out Boulevard and do the tour and everything." And it's like, okay, you know, at the time, I I didn't care for beer. Yeah. Um, what yeah, was but, your What was your bourbon? It's bourbon. Always, always bourbon. okay. And, 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 yeah, Allison. Is my, it still? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, Allison, my wife, um, I, she knows. I always say bourbon was my first love, um, and and I sound love some bourbon. She, she understands that. Yeah. Which you uh, probably heard that on the Kutu oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Allison's here with us right. uh, <laughs> on the uh, couch, but we're going to bring her in later to talk about some stuff. But t- so you went and saw Boulevard. Yeah, is yeah. this kind of where you got you figured out that you enjoyed the process of that? No, it, this is and like I said, I, I I didn't even enjoy beer at the time. But um, at the end of the tour, and I don't think they do this anymore because. Probably not legal anymore, but you, they gave us like 20 minutes, and you could—it was all you could drink, um, and so you could try anything that they made and, yeah. and, and see what you like. So I'm there with my brother, and I'm like, you know, what should I get? I don't—I don't know anything I don't about like beer. beer. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, just get their unfiltered weed. It's what they're known for. Um, and I was like, okay, great, I'll do that. And I tried it. I'm like, yeah, you know, it tastes like beer. Not really what I'm interested in. And he's drinking this dark beer, and I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's a coffee stout. And you know, at the time, I didn't even like coffee either. So I was just like, I'm going to go try that. And he's like, you're yeah. not going to like it. And I was like, you know what? It's free. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, Now's and, the time to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, so I grabbed a, a glass of that and I took a sip and I was like, oh my God. This is not beer? Yeah. And he was like, I was like, beer can taste like that? And he's yeah. like, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, no, no. That, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, you'll find that too in the sours, right? Yeah. A lot of people are like, this is beer? Right. Yeah. You know? There's, I mean, there's just a whole different world of different beers that I, I think the, you know, general masses of don't really understand yeah. quite yet. But once they get into it, then then it was yeah. like with me. My brother was like, "Oh, I've got a world for you now that you know." Now that, that you, yeah, you, you have an is interest. He in, you know? Is so he was into craft beer before. He was, yeah. And so is he still into it now? He he's into it. Um, he's not. He doesn't do it by profession at all. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, he still he still enjoys his craft beer. We talked does, about. Does he live local? He doesn't. He lives in uh, Minnesota. Okay. We talked about wine and being a wine sommelier, and there's a name for the guy that's really an expert in the room on bourbon. Is there a craft beer terminology for the expert? Yeah, of what absolutely. Is, Cicerone. Cicerone. Yeah. Cicerone. Yeah. Cool. Did not know that. Me either. So, yeah. are you a craft beer cicerone? No, I'm not. Um, there, there are three levels of cicerone. Uh, the first one is a certified beer server, um, and it's you know if if you're in the industry, you should be able to pass that you know with your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Just, you um, just got to know the differences between the different kinds of beer, probably. Yeah, it's just like how to serve it, what glassware to put it in, what temperature you serve how it to at. Pour it, yeah. yeah, and and basic stuff like that. So, if you're in the industry, um, you should be able to pass that pretty easily. Um, I just haven't really ever taken the time to sure. do it um, or the effort With all the free it. time that you have yeah, being a business owner. Yeah, ton, yeah, tons, tons. So, yeah. Sure. And so... He's got to taste beer. So you figured out... the R&D tank. You figured out that there was more to beer than uh, Budweiser and PBR. Right, right. See that? Yeah. And I wonder how many people, when you say beer, they think of Budweiser. Oh, I mean, well, I the guess, vast majority. Know, absolutely. Yeah. I guess me... I have no idea that this kind of stuff even exists. I guess Mead would have been the first, right? And, you know, Viking era. Yeah. And then... Probably Anheuser Busch. It's got to be one of the oldest in the industry, I would say. So, have you ever been to the St. Louis location of Anheuser Busch? No, no. Do yourself a favor. And I've been go. to St. Louis one time, but I never crossed the river. I love that city. It's probably my favorite city. If I could buy a condo somewhere, it'd be St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, but uh, we went and did the tour, and at the end, we did not get twenty minutes of all you could right. drink. Yeah. We got about uh, that size. 
taster. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, but it was made that day. Yeah. And it's just good. But uh, it is one of the cleanest facilities. And just to see the production of how the cans are running a thousand oh, it's a, wild. a second. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, just assembly. It's rolling the tops on them things. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. we went to the Clydesdale. You know, they're, they're the famous. That's the poster child of Anheuser-Busch yeah. is the horses. And so we went to the stables. I mean, I, they live better than we do. I can oh, yeah, tell you yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and partly because they're showing everybody where they live. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true. So so you found a love for beer other yeah. than Anheuser-Busch. right. And decided at that point, what were you doing in life at that point? And did you know? Well, obviously you didn't because you didn't know craft beer was a thing. Yeah. No, so I, w- I was still in college at the time. Um, and like I said, my brother was getting his master's out in, in Kansas City. And so I came back and, um, you know, my, my dad had a homebrew kit and uh, that he got for Christmas one year. And, and like a little glass jug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, he was like, hey, let's, you know, let's give it a shot. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so we did that a couple of times um, with him. And really enjoyed it. And then, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, I met Allison. Well, not met her. Um, we knew each other from high school, but um, we met up again. Um, we started dating, and then she moved to Wisconsin. So um, I kind of packed up my bags and, and moved along Took with off. her. Yeah. And, uh, and then when, when I got there, you know, I met a, a bunch of guys that were kind of like-minded and, and doing the homebrew kind of thing. And, uh, and, and we really enjoyed it. And then we kind of took it up. Stepped it up a notch, got a really, really nice system um, between the five of us. Or something. Was it like yeah, a stainless it, unit? Or? No, this was like, this is an old school uh, three tier system. Um, so there's three different burners on different levels. The middle one's for your mash, the top one's for your sparge, and the bottom one's for your boil. Um, and you just use gravity to kind of feed everything around gotcha. it. So you're using pumps and, and whatnot that we use professionally. Um, but it was a really nice system, and, and we did that a lot. Um, really, really. Just trying dope. to create new, yeah, new things, of, yeah, and and or just make your own, uh, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's one thing to go out to the store and you know buy it off the shelf, but it's a it's another thing to go to your fridge and pull out to something create, that you made yourself, yeah, that you yeah. created, create right. yourself. Yeah. That's crazy. We have a. I'm surprised, but I, I learned more about craft beer when I opened the tap room, yeah, than ever in my life, and for right reasons. I've been a Michelob Ultra fan forever. Yeah, you right. still are. Yeah. I still am. Yeah. That's right. Nothing but, wrong with um, it. You know, I noticed one thing about craft beer is it really will throw some weight on you and it'll sneak up on you. Oh, yeah, I can't, for sure. I can't drink 12 Mexican cakes. See, and that's uh, my problem with those is when I buy those from you guys. Yeah. When I open it, I feel like I got to drink it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, you can't put it back in the fridge and just... So, you know, that's 32 ounces. And if, and if you get what I like to get, it's usually pretty heavy. Yeah, right? I learned a lot when I opened the tap room. One of the things I learned is we have a collective group here in the upstate that love the homebrew. Yeah. Like, there are competitions they'll go to, and they'll bring their bottles or whatever of their brew and win or reward. Or, yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of them. Yeah. So I have no clue how that works. Moonshine's a different story, but... <laughs> I think it all kind of works make, similar, don't it? Yeah. I mean, there's the yeah. mash, there's a... I mean, there's a... You got to... Yeah, I, I honestly don't know the the method of distilling all that much. Um, but a friend of ours, Ernie, owns um, Swamp Fox Distillery in Pendleton, and I, I've you know, kind of watched over his shoulder um, right. as he distills a little bit, um, but still, you know, it's not my forte. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So after the homebrew. Yeah, so um, my degree itself is in accounting. So I'm living in Wisconsin, working in the corporate world for accounting, and, um, you know, 
not having the most fun with it. Not bad. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Realized uh, I don't like being behind a desk all day and uh, watching everybody else's numbers go up. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, Allison actually found out um, there was a job opening at um, the the local brewery that had just opened about I think about six months nine months before I started working there uh, or the job was posted. She called me at my work and said, "Hey, you need to leave your work and you need to start for this <laughs> working for this brewery." And, I bet uh, the salary difference it was, was big, big was, time. Yeah, yeah. So no, so she's a, crazy, absolutely a saint. Um, and you know, for it to she, be her idea, she's you seen know. you dying inside. Right, right. She's <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, you've got to do something. No, and it, it's nothing I could have ever suggested because I'm not going to be like, hey, can yeah, I? Yeah, You think it's cool if can I take up seventy five three quarter yeah, and, right? and yeah. go work at a beer spot? Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Not, not doesn't sound like the wisest decision in the world, but That's it was right. her idea. So I said. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll entertain that thought. Um, I'll go apply. I was, yeah, I was ex- excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, through uh, homebrewing and everything, we we knew the owners already um, and had a good friendship with them. Um, but I had no experience in uh, commercial brewing at all. But uh, you know, I'm a home brewer. I knew what I'm doing. No, <laughs> no, um, not so much. But uh, so um, I kind of applied and and bugged the heck out of them until they couldn't say no anymore. Right. What was the job you applied for? So it was, it was honestly, it was very vague. Um, it was just called a brewery, brewery assistant or brew. Uh, yeah, okay. no, it wasn't even like brewer. So you're not master yeah. brewer. No, you're no, not no, server. No, no. You're, you, no. you're in the brewing world. Yeah. Start at the introductory level. Bottom of the barrel. Got it. Yeah. yeah Sweeping so, the floors. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, uh, still... Still to this day, that's yeah. yeah. But no, it was more like Business washing owner. kegs. Yeah, more so now, probably. Business right. owner. Yeah. That's right. More like washing kegs, uh, running the bottling line, um, you know, pulling grain, getting dirty, sanitizing um, stuff, yeah, probably. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, kind of really just started at the bottom of the barrel and uh, and and enjoyed it enough to you know want to keep growing and and ask for more and more tasks and yeah. learning more and more and. You know, kind of just worked my way up. Um, we we actually outgrew the original facility that they had um, and opened a new brewery across town. And uh, so we built that tap room by hand. So I kind of had, you know, I mean, Ground really, looking back at it, it was, you know, a great training program really for yeah. kind of what we were doing. But um, yeah, so by the time we moved into that new facility and, and by the time I left, I was head brewer um, at the time. And um, so, so you, yeah, I kind of saw, yeah. saw it from bottom to the top. I'd have to think there's a lot of things behind the scenes that aren't as fun as you would think it oh. would be to work in a brewery. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, we we tell everybody we're just glorified janitors. I mean, we it's constantly all, cleaning. All we do is clean all day. The yeast makes the beer. We yeah. just we just got to clean. Um, and, and you just got to give it something to eat. Yeah, and, uh, I think a lot of people make it much more glamorous than it really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not that great. Cool. I mean, it's it's. I'll never, I'll never say I don't like my job. It's yeah, just not yeah, as sure. glamorous as everything. everything. How yeah. long did you work there from a brewer's assistant to head brewer exit? Uh, five years. Okay, so you pretty much got the whole concept wrapped up in your head. Did you know at any point of that time, latter in the, in the five-year mark, that you were like, I could do this? Yeah, you know, I mean, it really wasn't ever my goal or our goal to to leave and, and start our own place. Um, you know, we we thought there were opportunities there um, at that at that uh, company that that were going to come up and uh, you know they just kind of never came to fruition. Um, and then in 2017, my grandfather passed away, and he actually was the last grandfather either Alice and I had on either side. Sure. Um, so you know we're sitting in Wisconsin, 15 hours away from home, um, mm-hmm. looking at each other, just going, you know, we need to be closer. Yeah, what are we doing? Like yeah. neither one of us grew up around our grandparents. 
Um, my, my family was from Ohio. Hers was from Florida. You know, we grew up in South Carolina, kind of away from, away from everybody. And, and we're like, you know, if we're going to start a family and, you know, let's get back. Yeah. Do, you know, anything long-term it's like, we, we don't want to, um, you know, be that far away from our family long-term. Um, yeah. So that's when we were like, you know, let's start looking at, uh, what can we do to get back home? Um, and you know, yeah, that kind of idea popped in our head. And right on. Lucky for us. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You know? So Kiwi Brewing is the first brewery in Oconee County. Yeah. O- and I will only, tell you this. Only brewery in Oconee County, correct? Uh, Actually yeah. brewing. Yeah. So I know um, Sockham Dog did for a little while, but it was a. Uh, that, I, I did. Yeah. That T- was a. T-O. Yeah, that small was batch. Up pretty, on the mountain? Pretty small. Um, was that when the... Uh, Falcon's Lair was his yeah. original. Oh. Now he's the garage, but he's not brewing. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay I was but thinking... he was doing some small batch stuff. There is a... I know what you're talking about. Sockham Dog is a geography place on the Chattooga River, and it was also a bar at one time that closed mm-hmm. down. Now it's renamed yes. as the Chattooga River Lodge. Okay, that's what I was but thinking not of. a brewery. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. Joe Cassie Valley Brewing Company, you know, they, they opened before we did. Um, did they ever start brewing though? Because I know they, initially it was a tap room. Right. Yeah. And when they, they still started. are. Right. I believe they still are. Um, yeah. I think yeah. they are. They were, uh, to my, I don't want to speak for anybody at Joe right. Cassie, but I think it was a water line issue from the county. Right. Yeah. The that, that's my understanding could, as well. They couldn't brew because that was the original intent. I guess water is very important, huh? Very, very. Yeah. Absolutely. And do that's, you use city water or do you truck water in? No, we use city water. Um, and that's kind of. Three quarters of the reason why we uh, decided on Seneca as as our area is, um, you know, the water from Kiwi is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we we do very little treating. I mean, we, it goes through charcoal filters to get out all the chlorine, yeah. um, you know, because you don't want that. In yeah. Beer. Um, but I mean, other than that, it's just it's fantastic Perfect. water to brew with. Yeah. Um, now, I will tell you this because we talk about this a lot, mainly because we talk business a lot on, on this podcast. You guys, in my personal opinion, executed perfectly. I mean, it took you guys a while to get open. Right. But it was worth it, in my opinion. Like, you guys could have, like you see a lot of businesses do, where they just do just enough to get in the door and open, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt like you guys didn't do that, but it made the difference. Like, when you come in your facility, like, it is... Super nice. Yeah. It you know you guys read it. Do you not agree? Like a hundred percent. Those buildings before were hundred percent. Oh, well, I remember the I forget her name, but the lady that sat in there and sold flowers for years and the zebra on top, yeah, uh, zebra yeah. striped awnings. Because when I bought the building next door, where drapery, uh, where birds of a feather is mm-hmm. now, it was like we started doing work, and I'm just looking over there trying to figure out what the next play is. Because my goal was to buy the the building that I owned. Sure put a uh, entrepreneurship class down there and startups and then buying the real estate from your building back to Ramcat and just putting new business that incubated out of the space. Oh, right, yeah. And me and the city of Seneca just did not see eye to eye on that goal and vision. And so I was like, okay. And then I just came to Wahala. Yeah. And started doing that model here. But um, I remember when it was that whole site, if it wasn't Ramcat, well, I remember when Ramcat wasn't Ramcat. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but from that other end was a, just a disaster. Nobody went down there. Everything was shut down. Right. At hometown. I mean, you, when you bought that down there, I mean, you, you knew that, but you were saying, yeah, yeah, you felt like it didn't matter with your kind of business. Well, and, and we were hoping at least. Well, it's a destination. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, and, you know, we, we have, we've always said that, you know, we, for the first 
you know, I don't know, two years or so before any other businesses really opened down there. We were, we were like, we're on our own little island over here. Yeah. Um, there, there was just not much on that side of town to kind of support what we were doing, um, which was fine because um, we knew it would come eventually. Um, right. And, and things have really grown around there now. So back to the execution, was that a planned thing? Like you you were like, look, we're not, we're not going to half-ass this. We're going to do it. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right type yeah, of deal? Well, or was it like a snowball effect? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously anything that we do, we, we always want to do right. Um, but, um, you know, you hear the old saying that whenever you – do construction on a building. It takes three times as long and twice the budget. Right. Um, and whoop, that's whoop. absolutely, absolutely true. Um, it took at least three times as long and more than twice the original budget. Um, oh, okay. what, I can imagine. And so, I mean, you know, you know, we, we thought we would be able to renovate that building and, and get in there pretty quickly, but, uh, you know, day one, um, of construction where the, the plans called for us to, um, you know, make additional walls downstairs because we brew on the second floor. So we had to reinforce everything to hold um, the weight, to hold the weight of all, all the, a lot the brew of system. Weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the plan called for us to build an additional wall um, in from the uh, brick wall downstairs and um, have it sit on top of the footer. And we'd reinforce all the floor above it and rest it on that new uh, wall and everything. And so we, we dug up the concrete, uh, dug down to find the footer and there was none. There was no footer. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, back in, I guess, I, know, eight, right? I guess in 1889, that's why your building, exactly right. uh, building fell in. Yeah. I mean, oh, not not oh, exactly, that, that but I'm just one. saying because yeah. Yeah. You know, back then there was no building codes. Yeah. Like well, it was, it was the roof that caved in. But the but, didn't the walls separate or something? Uh, when it, it went all the way to the rain, it pushed the walls out. Gotcha. But, yeah. Um, so I remember when Alex started on this building, I had no clue who Alex was, where he was from, nothing. And I walked in one day, and I don't even know if you remember this, but Alex was up on top of a ladder, and he's just <laughs> black. I mean, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I've got pictures of that. And he's, he's up in the ceiling. He's like, can I help you? And I was like, just checking on progress, man. You doing yeah. okay? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, he's not going to open this Good decade. Because yeah. Yeah. when I walked in, you were the only guy there. And I'm oh, thinking, yeah. 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 oh, he's just in the demo stage and it drops. And I've been there, man. I've yeah. been up in the top and I've come out and like just pouring water just to get in the truck. Right. You know, because yeah. you were just that nasty. And But that's what I love about. Alex yeah. and, and and the story behind Kiwi Brewing. It's not just like here's a check, go get that done. Obviously, a lot of contractors put some work in there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did a lot of it yourself. Well, no, we uh, the contractors did some. We didn't have the best contractor. In the world. Oh, um, so understood. A lot of it. That's also uh, a part of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've all been through that too. No doubt. A lot of it was intended to be done by them. That sure, and then you have to go back and fix up, it or change it, or just do it yourself because yeah. you want to get it done. It's been eighteen I months. Agree. Let's get yeah. open. So. That, but I mean, that is the story of Kiwi Brewing. Like, yep. it is the epitome of owner operator. And I've I've done the same thing with several properties. And man, the love that you have for old commercial buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just nothing like you can flip houses. There's no soul in an old house. Yeah. Like, did you, so did you guys, was that the only spot you looked at? Oh, no, no, no. Because I think at, personally, millions, yeah. I, I think personally, it's like the best spot. It's so perfect for you guys. Yeah, it's it's so funny because um, Allison actually found it online. Um, she was looking at commercial uh, listings online. It was literally the last one online. It had been online or for sale for, you know, over 900 days or something like right. that. Um, and so I had been flying back and forth every weekend. You know, we were we were doing this kind of discreetly. Um, so we we're having to make up excuses of why I was gone every weekend, but flying back and forth every weekend, um, going out with her mom and, you know, touring a bunch of facilities and, and checking them off the list or ruling them off the list. Right. Um, and, uh, 
So she found this one, and we'd been looking for a month at the time, and found this one last listing. And she was like, "You're just gonna have to like put on your HGTV goggles and and uh, yeah. and, and look at the potential of it." Um, and she was like, "Just go check it out." Yeah, yeah. And location, so, location, location. Yeah, because you guys, whether you meant to or not, perfect location. Yeah, no, I mean a lot. A lot of that was by, by design. Um, you know, it's the only property that we ever toured. Um, downtown Seneca that had any kind of green space to it. Yeah. Um, and and we knew that was something we wanted. We didn't realize how valuable that would become uh, nine months later after we opened with the pandemic and everything. Um, but it, it just, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of other opportunity around right. to have a building with green space. So well. speaking of green space, the new property you bought that you're going to expand to, is that also going to be green space? Is that your plan? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we bought the Bantam Chef property behind us, um, and it, it, it was the restaurant and – all of the property behind it as well. So um, kind of, if you know where G's Pizza is, yeah, that's adjacent to us. Um, and then what was the former Blackie's bar, um, that green space between the two is, uh, is our property now as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you're just going to continue to kind of expand what you got going on outside of the grass and the picnic tables type yeah, of deal? Yeah, so we, we've got a lot of plans in store for that. And and, and the, the great thing is, I mean, we've... We've owned that property for over two years now, um, and we always say it was like the world's worst kept secret because we didn't we didn't really ever say publicly that we had bought it until about uh, I don't know three months ago or so when the paper oh, interviewed, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, interviewed yeah. us for our yeah I mean I heard it through the grapevine yeah yeah for sure um, but I mean every, we talked about it uh, per, you know with people just yeah. not like publicly well and I didn't even um, know you know it's one of those things where I heard it but I didn't even know if it was you know, true or, you know, it wasn't like a, whoever told me, I don't even remember who it was. It yeah. wasn't like a for sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a brewery coming. There's a brewery. Uh, no, no. He's talking about the Bantam Chef purchase. Yeah. Oh, the property. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah, the, the goal of that property is, um, uh, everybody knows we, uh, um, blue marble, blue marble deli runs our kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, um, this tiny little kitchen, like smaller than the size of a food truck in our basement right now. Um, we never intended to use it for food um, and, you know, kind of just stumbled into that partnership with them. Um, And we've kind of really outgrown that space. Yeah. So when that came up for sale. That's a great fit, though. It is. Bringing another local county business into another local business. That's just a great partnership. It's very smart. Yeah. So we've we've definitely outgrown that space and outgrown the capacity of what that that space is able to do. Um, so when that came up for sale, it's like you know we we have to no we have right to move now. on this. So that's the plan made. Put them down there. Yeah. So yeah. So we've actually um, you know we we bought it sight unseen. Um, long long story um, behind that, but um, bought it sight unseen. And, and you know as soon as we walked in there, we're like. Whoa. What did, why why did we just buy this? Yeah. What oh my God. We're going yeah. to have to tear it down. Oh, it's, there. It's, we're we're going to go through another renovation. Um, so, I mean, we've we've redone all the floors and the, and the walls and all that kind of stuff, taking out all the electrical, all the plumbing. I mean, it was all trashed. Um, and um, so we're hoping to have the drawings back from our architects probably next week or the following. Um, cool. They, they've said that um, they're almost done with them. And so, yeah, we're going to turn that into the kitchen um, and then be able to move – the kitchen operation out of the the basement and um, you know kind of expand our cooler space, all that kind of stuff down there, so we can expand capacity and pour more beers. That's so awesome. Are you going to pour beers out there too as well? We will yeah. So we're going to have a we'll have, we'll have a we have a like a mobile outdoor bar that we kind of roll in and out right. um, for the covered awning area that we have now. Um, so we'll have a permanent place for it out there. So, cool. Yeah. So we just poured a, another sample. So this is a local favorite that's always on tap. This is definitely on the citrus citrus side, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, t- definitely. Tell us about this one. Okay, so this is um, my blood runs orange. 
Obviously, a little bit of a Clemson theme with that. Yeah, um, so good. But it is a blood orange IPA and um, New England style IPA. Mm-hmm. So kind of um, you know on that on that juicy spectrum already. But adding blood orange puree to it obviously brings that out a little bit. Yeah, it looks well. for those for those just listening. It, it looks like orange juice, which is how I like it. I don't like to be able to see through my beers. Yeah, I like them thick. I call them mm-hmm. thick and chewy and dank. Yeah, I like them. I mean, this is not this is not, this is not a dank at all, right. and this I love is, this. this. This is a great beer. This is good, but I do like them dank too. So this has been on since day one. Yeah, this has been on since day one. Um, it, it's funny because um, we we came up with the idea for you know doing a brewery, um, you know, back in South Carolina where we were from and everything. And, and Alice and I both attended Clemson, and you know, so we've been fan, fans of Clemson forever. Um, and uh, I came up with the idea of My Blood Runs Orange. Actually, it might have been Allison. We debate that, uh, who came up with the, the name of it. Um, but we, we actually trademarked this before we even knew the name of our brewery or anything. You just uh, knew the beer. Yeah, just... so we were like, you know, this is going to be a staple. Um, so we, we trademarked the name, um, and it's been on since day one. And, you know, it's, it's one of those that we kind of sell out of it before we can make another batch. Right. Um, and so my goal this year was to never have a day that it wasn't on tap. That's awesome. And uh, we have gone five days so far without it on tap. This oh, year. No. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hit the goal. I didn't hit the goal. No, yeah. But that's a good, uh, I mean, yeah. that's a good thing, right? Well, one of the things. You've created a very in, uh, popular yeah. beverage. Yeah, I mean, that's, I walked in yesterday, that's what I got yeah. to go, which is awesome, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Grabbed right. it in a to-go cup, went down the street. Yeah. Tell us about the process of brewing. Let's take this particular beer. What does that process start out like? You got an empty vat. Yeah. So, I mean, all beers are kind of the same. Um, you've got, uh, it's called a mash bill. Um, so kind of your, your grocery, recipe. Yeah. yeah. Your, your grocery list for, um, you know, whatever Just malts go into it. Um, dump it in. Yeah. So, well, uh, longer story on that. Yeah. But, I figured. Uh, no. Um, yeah. So they, we, we buy them uh, pre-milled from um, our supplier. So um, we don't have a mill on site. We have a, we have a very small mill for like the specialty malt. Uh-huh. Um, but if you have a, a full-size mill, you have to have a separate room for it, different ventilation. All that Dusty. Stuff. Yeah. Sure. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Um, and so we get it pre-milled and uh, yeah. So we keep all of our grain downstairs. Like I mentioned, we brew on the second floor. So coming in the morning, throw all the grain on the forklift and we have a big hole in the floor, uh, lift all the grain up through that, and then that's cool. Uh, not about to it's like hike, a, hike them up the it's stairs. Like a, every day. Yeah, I bet it's like a dumb waiter, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we start brewing, um, and it starts out of the mash ton, um, hot water, and the malt goes in there. So, you know, we're opening the bags, pouring them straight in. There's rakes inside the mash ton that help, um, you know, mix everything up, and then got a little paddle, do a little manual mixing. What's as well. the time frame from the time the forklift goes and lifts everything up yeah. to ready to serve beer? Oh boy. Yeah, uh, two to three weeks. Is, is it dependent on the beer itself? It is, yeah. So, um, you know, anything that's higher ABV, um, you start out with more sugar in it. It takes longer for the yeast to consume all that. Um, and then, you know, later stage process stuff takes longer as well. So with an IPA, you're, you're dry hopping it at the end of the yeah. At the end of fermentation or, or during fermentation with a beer like this um, and at the end of fermentation. Um, so, you know, each of those steps add a little more time. Right. Take a little more time and... So you being one of the only breweries in Oconee County, how many craft breweries like you are out there in the in the state of South Carolina? Oh man, yeah, tons now. Um, more than twenty five. Oh yeah, more yeah. than a hundred. Well, last last I heard, there's about one hundred and seventeen craft 
117 craft brewers out there. Um, but not all are in distribution. For instance, the people that don't know, you cannot find any Kiwi brewery company beer anywhere but your location, correct? Correct. So you've, you've set yourself on a path not to go the distributor route. Was well, that- for, hold on. For clarification, in, in the, sto- the states that border us, North, North Carolina and Georgia, mm-hmm. the same business could just put their beer in a truck, take it up to the local restaurant and sell it, Correct. Correct, yeah. And in, in North Carolina, they can do that. Uh, well, okay, so a couple of years ago, they could do 25,000 barrels at a time um, in a year's time span. Right. And they actually just, uh, I think, believe two years ago, raised it to 50,000. Um, you know, so they're, you know, they're they're progressing it even further um, in their own state. Right. Where, um, you know, in South Carolina, we can't really even have the conversation of taking it from zero. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy about that, so there's a brewery in, in uh, Greenville I've been to. Birds Fly South, is that right? Yeah. So there's a taco joint right next to it that mm-hmm. serves their beer. But in order for that taco joint to get their mm-hmm. beer, it has to go on a truck to like Columbia or yeah. somewhere, yeah. through the distribution center, and then back to that restaurant that's, that's right. literally steps. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Craziness. You know, I, w- I had a meeting with the lieutenant governor last week. Yep. Last week. And I well, it was one of my questions I asked her. Wow. Okay. What are you doing to combat the... Uh, craft beer laws to make us competitive like our neighboring states. Yeah. That's exactly how I word it. It's really not fair for, I mean, I, and I get there's probably reasons that I don't understand why they do it, but it's money. I, and I'm sure. 100%. I'm sure, yeah. 100%. Control. I didn't care for the answer that she gave me, although uh, our lieutenant governor is a jewel. Yeah. I, I, I love her to death. It's yeah. just not fair to, to folks but, like you, though. You know, if you could take your beer to Ramcat and those folks yeah. could carry your, you know, you just take, you know, small batches. The way I look at it is this. Let do Make it a super small amount a year. Yeah. Right? Oh, like evil twin style. Well, I'm just sure. saying, like, if the state has a problem with where you can only, only distribute it through a distributor, make it so small. He was talking about North Carolina just went to 50,000 barrels right. or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it, like, so small where it still is, like, he could, you know, take it to Van Gailey's or wherever, and sure. they could pour it, you know, and it'd just be a couple that, kegs. Do I you even think want a, to be in that? Yeah. So, when you started, is it a law that you want to see get taken care of? Would you go into distribution, or do you just like brewing on site and selling on site? Well, the, the way that we're, we're, we are right now, um, we wouldn't probably go into distribution. Um, because of the amount you'd have to create? Right. So No loading dock. Well, no, loading trucks not, not an issue. We have a forklift. <laughs> okay, we can, we gotcha. can take care of that. Yeah, we we unload and unload trucks all the time. Um, but um, yeah, the 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 constraint we have right now is capacity. So um, you know, we've got a five barrel system. It's not a big system, and we only have. Yeah, he can't know, keep blood orange in stock at his own place right now. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. But we only we only have four fermenters. We have one bright tank, four fermenters. Um, so there's only a finite amount of beer that we can right. put out, um, and it's not a lot of beer. Um, so. You know, we're we're selling pretty much everything that we brew instantly in the tap room. Um, so for us to get into distribution, and and I'm not saying that's not a, not a goal of ours, um, but for us to do that would take, um, you know, yeah, more tanks, more time. You have to figure out capacity, right? And and like I was mentioning earlier, you know, with getting the food out of the kitchen or out of the basement into another facility allows us to expand yeah. the cooler space, um, and then you know we can you know, look at adding more tanks and, and adding more capacity, all that kind of stuff. But we're kind of at a capacity constraint right now right. with storage space, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so other than just cleaning out the basement, do you have like future goals? I'm not talking about anytime soon, but do you guys have goals of 
raising your capacity, maybe buying a whole nother, uh, what do they call that, a brew setup? Yeah, yeah, like in another facility. or Yeah, maybe know, like up the block that's not at which I don't know how that would work. Can you bring, if you brewed that somewhere else, could you bring it to your? No. So that's yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, so, so that's actually tied into what we were just talking about with distribution. Um, you know, if I say, you know, um, even wanted to open a place on Ramcat, right? That Just a tap room. Um, yeah. Um, just like a little hole in the wall where we could serve our beer or anything like that. Um, I would have to sell our beer to a distributor, have it hit their dock. Um, just to bring buy, it to your. Yeah, and then buy it back from them. So, you know, I'd be losing money yeah. instantly on that, um, you know, selling it to them at a loss, yeah. buying it back from them for, you know, more than I just sold it for. So losing more. And then, you know, having to turn around and, and sell that for, you know, even higher that we are the, at the tap room. Yeah. So you'd have to, sense. if you if you expanded, it'd have to be on the on same property. property. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, you could do, um, you know, a larger facility and do one just distribution. So, you know, if, if we ever bought a, another larger facility, um, we could do oh, you know, large get, batch beers out of there, just send them to district. I get where you're going. And then have not a, a, not a, open a, to the public room. kind of thing. You know, I don't think it would really make sense um, because yeah, yeah, at, yeah. at that point you're kind of competing yeah. with yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and so you probably wouldn't be able to have like the same. So like a, a scenario could be if he had the greens building, which is now. Mm-hmm. The, Birds of feather. Crown yeah. What's, what's the, Crown what's the crest. hall? Crown and crest. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you own that building, you could brew out of there just for distribution. Right. Yeah. Have all the fancy tanks on display. Yeah. But yeah. that beer never make it across the street. Correct. And yeah. then you would brew across the street for those to consume inside of QE Brewing. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, so, one of the things that we loved about the state of South Carolina is we support small business. Right. Like, for small business, most people think it's manufacturing. We talked about this last week. You know, it's not BMW, the fact that BMW and Boeing are here. It's the 400 companies that feed into BMW yeah. and Boeing, yeah. right? That's the fabric of South Carolina. Do you consider yourself as a manufacturer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, we're categorized that by taxes. So okay. it seems like yeah. the law should not apply yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I agree. But, uh, but it does. And so that's kind of where we're and I, at. Listen, I don't want to get into the politics of beer distribution, whatever, but sure. if I'm not mistaken, does like a major beer corporation own the distributorship? Some, in, most in, of in them, some yeah. cases. Yeah, so, like, so you would have to basically Budweiser, whoever owns that distributorship, would be getting a cut of everything you sell. Correct. That's yeah. Right. And in other cases, there are smaller distributors. Like we have very small trucks that feed into Western Co. It's yeah. not K and W. It's not Anheuser Busch. Gotcha. Right. So you can go through smaller distributors too. That's right. Sure, okay. Yeah. But one thing I did learn is that once you sign one distributor, that's your only truck. You can't put your beer with two or three different yeah, you have to, companies. You have to right? be careful right. who you sign yeah. with. Yep. That's right. How hard is it to open distributorship? <laughs> I think it'd be easier to pass the law. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, everyone Everyone I have the conversation with is like, I got a great idea. I'll just do my own. Yeah. Yeah. So so it doesn't work that. like that. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. What advice would you give to somebody who's home brewing now that has a dream to do a brewery uh, here? Like. I don't not on this one. I don't want to get into your hurdles. But what advice would you tell the home brewer today that has plans to want to go bigger? So um, I always sum this up in one word for everybody: don't, don't <laughs> move, move to North Carolina. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not even just saying not in South Carolina. Um, it, it and we can get into the semantics of it if you want. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, 
I thought I knew it all when I was home brewing. Um, and I was like, I'm going to go to this uh, commercial brewery and mm. I'm going to show them, I'm going to show them what's up. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give them some of my recipes. Yeah. And then, and then I walked in, I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know anything. Nothing. Like, yeah. it, like it doesn't translate from home brewing to commercial yeah. brewing at all. Um, and uh, I always, I always tell everybody, it's like, um, you know, in the early nineties where everybody got a guitar and they played four yes. chords and they're like, man, I'm going to start a band. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, every, everyone's done it. I did it myself. You know, I'm just, I did it. Yeah. Everybody's done it. Everyone. <laughs> Jerry only like, plays three chords though. Yeah. And the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of people now are like, Hey, I, I've, four, I've homebrewed four recipes. I can open a brewery. I can open a brewery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not saying don't do it. I mean, I, I'm saying it's, it's I'm just like everything else. Hone it's, your skill a little yeah. more. And, and honestly, the, the God honest truth is I would say, Go work for a commercial brewery. Go work for a professional brewery. And and I'm not saying like it has to be Anheuser Busch or anything. Yeah. Go work for somebody even as small as us. Get your feet wet. Understand what's going on. Understand the processes. We've um, talked I mean, about it. it. It's just it doesn't translate from homebrew into commercial. Yeah. Um, if I if I had just dove head in and had you know head in and and, and did it on my own I, day one I'd have been floundering. Screwed. Yeah. yeah I just, what we, we've I talked about that on the, on this podcast in the past where. You know, that same question almost. We say, go find the person that's doing exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And then offer to work, work for, free for free if you have to. Yeah. Work you know, for free. Just because what you're going to learn in that process can be more value than what they're going to pay you anyway. Yeah. There's no amount of money. Yeah. So take money out of, the, out of this next question. Take yeah. the dollar amount completely out. What was your biggest hurdle of Kiwi Brewing from the time you purchased the building to open the doors? And I'm talking things like, getting equipment or permitting or things like that. Honestly, it was construction. I mean, we, we bought this really old building. We, we were told um, when we bought it, it was built in 1940. Um, and mm-hmm. so we're, we're like, oh, you know, this isn't going to be that hard. Um, and, you know, we start going in demo, and there were two walls, you know, built in, um, and then two drop ceilings. We, you know, it was kind of a lot tighter than it is now yeah. um, just because of everything built in. So. I think a lot, a lot along the way, you know, whenever there was a problem, they were they didn't fix it. They just covered it with another wall. Yeah. Right? Um, and so we we started knocking down walls. I'm like, oh my gosh, this this isn't from the 40s. And so um, I went to um, the the county chamber, or uh, I don't even know what you county call, council but, like a meeting you're talking about, or you went no, to the deed's office. Oh, oh yeah, 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 county office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the county office, and 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 trace it back. Um, we were we were able to trace it back to 1889. Um, which is way different wow. than 1940. Yeah. So the, um, the walls that you initially were breaking down were from 1940, but then the more you went back. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, it might have been the, the second layer in there. Yeah. But I, I think the even the, the layer that was exposed when we bought it were, was from you know, maybe the 70s or so. Yeah, yeah I um, think the, the building across from you that we referenced where Crown and Crest is, yeah. I'm mid-1800s there. Yeah. And I had to pull the fire maps out of Columbia to get some of that. Yeah. Yeah, from what I've heard, that's actually one of the first buildings that was built. It was, and it was a general store. And oddly enough, some of Megan's, my wife's descendants, built the building. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So, And worked their shop out of there. Did you find anything cool during construction? Um, Not really that Like any bottles or coins? So we we found uh, um, license plates, actually. that. um, So there were some holes in the floor that they just, uh, you know, slipped through the cracks. No, they they use them as patch for license plates. Oh, really? find that here all the time. Old Coca-Cola signs for five cents, hand-painted metal, is above the ceiling that we're in, the room right now, covering up where old stovepipe used to come out. 
Like gotcha. they, they just used the resources that they had yeah, so at the time. We, we haven't been able to find a lot of information out about the building. Um, you know, everyone's got pictures of Ramcat. Everyone's got pictures yeah. of, you know, the, the, what is Norton Thompson Park now, kind of the central area there. Right. Yeah. Um, no one has any pictures of that side of town. Uh, Mary's actually been able to find a couple of the mm-hmm. old green drapery, um, but it's like no one wanted to pan the camera over there. That, yeah. Um, but we do know um, in 1911 it was a post office. So oh, how cool. We think it probably was built originally as a post office in 1889. Um, haven't been able to find any documentation on that, but in 1911 it was a post office. I got a guy. So, okay. And I'll see if I can find his number uh, after we get done with the podcast. His name is uh, Biedenbaugh. Okay. And uh, he works for the Palmetto Historic Conser- Conservancy or something like that. And he actually drove up from Columbia Got and met with me. Yeah. And that's where I found the fire maps of the old town. And he gave me more information at uh, a restaurant over a beer than I had gotten through any local yeah. in Oconee County. Yeah. So I think I've got his number. So now you guys... If I'm not mistaken, you have pictures of the build hung oh. somewhere in the building, right? No. Um, or maybe you did? We, well, um, you know, every year for our anniversary party, we have, you know, a big kind of bus-up party that, um, you know, everyone comes out for. But um, we have a projector. And maybe that's where I've seen and, it. Yeah, and we have a slideshow that we usually Maybe that's where I've seen uh, it. Yeah, put it. I was going to tell everybody, there. look, if, if everybody needs to come to Kiwi Brewing. Regardless. In, in Seneca, <laughs> South Carolina, yeah. Right. If you live anywhere near this, come check it out. I was going to tell them they could see what we're talking about there, but you have to come on the anniversary to see that, I well, guess. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, I'm there every day, so. Oh, you just whip them out? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, they're on my computer, so. I right, we'll, right, we'll go ahead and throw a promotion out there. All right, if you mention this podcast, you get one penny off every mic. <laughs> oh, no, 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 we're not, no, no. Not even a penny? No, not at all. No. Okay, so, and, and, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, all of our uh, prices are tax included. So if it says $5 on the menu, it's $5. No penny, guys. We, yeah, I yeah. hate change. I but, hate yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, no. But ask yeah. to meet the owner, and uh, <laughs> he'll tell you about the beer that you're drinking. Is that fair? Perfect. We'll do that. Yeah. We'll do that. Well, uh, we're going to take a break here in just a second. We're going to bring uh, Allison on. But before we do, tell us how important it is to have um, a solid teammate with you. Oh, man. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Everything. I mean, there's no way in the world we'd be able to, or I'd be able to do what we've been doing uh, if didn't have the support. Yeah. 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 This is one, this is another one of these podcasts where we, I mean, we could make this a three hour thing. Uh, All right. So again, we're I'm, just going to I'm like sitting here in. debating, like, should we make it two different podcasts? Yeah. No. Nah. We're at, uh, let's, I'll tell you what, folks, we're going to take a break right quick. Bear with us. And here's a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for the perfect vacation spot for your next adventure? Whether it's hiking beautiful waterfalls, mountain biking Stump House Park, wake surfing on Lake Kiwi, or jamming at your favorite concert, Megan Ketterman with Oconee Hospitality has beautiful homes available for short-term rental in Oconee County, South Carolina. Contact Megan today to book your next vacation stay at www.oconeehospitality.com. Are you looking to make Lake Kiwi your destination? Work with local licensed expert Rhea Land-Smith, your certified resort and second home specialist at Lake Kiwi Real Estate. Servicing buyers and sellers since 2013, Rhea is your local expert helping you navigate the real estate waters of Kiwi. Let Rhea make your life a vacation. Call 864-710-9547. And remember, land is her middle name. Okay, we're back. But this time we switched up guests. So we have the wife and partner of Kiwi Brewing, Miss Allison Butterball. Really, really the whole reason it happened 
is the way I see it, right? No, that's right. Yeah. Alex, you really need to think about quitting your big-time corporate right. job and go sweep floors at a brewery. Yeah, that's right. They, hey, we all in Oconee and the greater upstate of South Carolina appreciate what you did on that specific The sacrifice day. you made, yeah. You never knew that it'd lead into this. Welcome to the podcast, Allison. Thank you. So uh, we have just poured our third sample, and this is called Good Friends, and it's a 5.2 ABV, and it's a Kolsch. What can you tell us hold, about Hold on, me, because now that I've tasted it, this tastes, this tastes like beer I had in Austria. There so you is go. that close? You're close. So yes, Kolsch is um, a beer that is uh, German. Okay. It is actually from Cologne, Germany. Um, so that's where it's originated. Um, but yes, yeah, so it is a Germanic style okay. beer. So. Because it's very similar to what I tasted mm-hmm. over there. What was crazy over there too is they would pour your beer and then like whatever was left in the can, they'd roll it. And then they'd pour the last piece in and it'd make the whole thing cloudy. It's yep. like there was like sediment in the bottom that they were trying to get out or something. That would be the yeast. Okay. And so they're, they're giving you back the yeast. That's what, make, that's what traditionally makes German beers cloudy is some yeast. Okay. Cool. So I heard you say earlier on the break that Kolsch is your favorite category here. This is kind of where you like to, your palate to be. Just like Alex, it, it wasn't initially. Yeah. Um, so Alex used to call me an expensive date because the first beer that I ever liked was a uh, bourbon barrel aged stout. So those are traditionally much more expensive because yeah. they're much higher in alcohol. So I was an expensive date and a cheap date at the mm, same time. Yeah. Um, so, you know. It didn't take many. Yeah, yeah. two 11% <laughs> beers and I was down for anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I started out with the heavier beers. And ju- like a lot of people, I think, who get into the brewing industry, you know, we, we have the appreciation and the love for a lot of the stouts. But at the end of the day, you've sweated your butt off all day long. And now you just want a good, clean, crisp beer that's refreshing. Refreshing, yeah. Yep. And that's one of those. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still got a lot of flavor, but good cleaning crush. So this is actually a beer that we recommend to people who come in and say, well, I don't really like, you know, craft beer. Yeah, what do yeah. you have that's, you know, similar? What do you got? Is like, but like, yeah. What do you have the closest thing to a natural light <laughs> or Michelob Ultra? Is this, is this where their go-to is? That's what we recommend. I mean, it's nowhere close to no, like a Miller Lite or anything like that. But, See, but don't hand them a Mexican I couldn't, cake. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that job because I'd feel like I have the obligation to, to like tell everybody, okay, listen. This is why craft beers are what they are. Yep. You know, this is, you know, this is how they're made. You know, I'd have to go into this huge thing where I felt like I need to educate everybody on, ah, you just need to try new things. This is not like mm-hmm. normal beer. Yeah, but you were, we're also in customer service too. Yeah. So if somebody comes in and that's, that's what they want, that's what they want. And if they want to talk any that's more right. about the differences, then we're happy to, you know, Well, you guys do good about offering samples as well. Yes, we offer mm-hmm. essentially as many samples as you want. Yeah. So. You just got to take it yeah. like one half ounce at a time. Well, I call those flights. <laughs> well, no, they'll give you, you guys no, do they, like, they'll give the, the little bitty, I want to Yeah, like if you just want to taste yeah, it right yeah, before yeah. you order it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I want to change up the conversation a little bit and uh, I'm, I'm assuming you are a very active co-owner and partner of Kiwi Brewing. Full time now, yes. So I want to kind of get in and you said it earlier uh, to the customer service side and more so the employee side. So how many, how many people do you employ? So it's Alex and I, and then we have three full-time employees who are um, also full-time bartenders. So Alex, when you were talking about, you know, coming in and doing, you know, maybe a podcast over at the brewery on site and people, you know, working in the background, like the those. person working in the background is Alex. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not going to have a lot of time to talk. Um, so, I have to fake it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Extras. Can we get hooch, yeah. hooch over there? To- Extras. Our three full-time bartenders that work with us. Um, they do help um, in the brewery process um, before their their bartending shift starts because they we really focus on 
uh, training in craft beer. So we want them to understand the entire process and be able to talk about it and, you know, be able to talk to somebody and tell them, you know, oh, you like the Kolsch. It's your first craft beer that you've liked. You know, let me, yeah. let me tell you more about it and get you more interested in. So they're not the just pouring. Field. They're not just pouring no. beers. They actually made it. Are they? Or help make it. They help make it. Yes. And Alex, then we have like five more parts. What, what did you call the? What did you? What did you call that? Cicerone. 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 Are your? Is your staff all cicerones? They are actually not all cicerones. Um, well, none of us are actually, and we we have not even um, asked them to take the, um, the test. The this the, the step one the beer server. Um, so a lot of people will have their servers do that. Um, all the people who work for us though have been in the, in service yeah. industry or worked in bars a lot. And it just really wasn't a priority for us. Cause we, we know yeah. that they My, know what they're talking about. We've talked about that. You learn more in the trenches than you do from a test. But the test is just going to tell you what you already know. Yep. That these, these, right. these guys That's know right. what they're doing or, you know, sure. whatever. I've never had a bad experience at, at QE. No, Brewing. never. And here's what I will tell you is I've never been in there and saw somebody I knew and it's been packed. Like that's what yeah. that's what blows my mind. Well, they bring that's the thing that's cool too. Is you guys bring people not from just downtown. That's exactly right. Like, yeah. I don't know anybody. They're coming out of Greenville. They're coming out of North Carolina. Yeah. Breweries are, are normally by trade a destination, is are they not? Yeah, I mean, if you if you like to drink craft beer, what's the first thing you do? And you're like, you you're, you have to, you have to go to St. Louis for whatever mm-hmm. for work. I'm going to look up what breweries are in the area or near my hotel. What yeah. can I walk to? You know, so yep. you're looking for things to do. And usually if you like beer, a brewery will always pop up on your radar or something that you want to go do. Yeah, if I'm out of town and I'm at a restaurant that serves craft beer, now it's very common, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be it was only domestic, you know, some import. Yep. And now you got a craft list. I always go for what's the closest brewery to where I'm sitting. Yeah, I want a local. I want that beer. Yeah, I want a local. Like, yeah. Not, not yeah. just a local, but I want the closest one here just in case tomorrow. <laughs> I can go visit that place. So, yeah. but I've, I've been there every time. And the outside, I remember when there wasn't an outside or it wasn't as big as it was, right? But now you got live music, you got tables, you got a yeah. nice green space. So um, that was actually a product of COVID. So um, when we, you had kind of mentioned, you know, you do what you can to get open. So we, we did kind of have a little bit of a rush to get open towards the end because we were trying to meet a city deadline. They wanted us to host um, for Seneca Fest. Um just barely made it, but we had to shut down again um, to make more beer. That was your, that was proper your opening. soft opening? Yeah, that so was our soft it, opening. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we had had big plans for the outside, but it was just one of those things where, like, you know, we'd rather, we just want to get open. Yeah, you know, yeah. no one's going to care about the landscaping, you yeah, know, yeah, at, right. at this that's point. Right. So when we were in the forced closure for COVID, um, we had a little bit of time on our hands. You know, we were still selling beers to go because we could, um, but we didn't have any we didn't have anyone there. So we're like, well, this is a perfect time to tear up the backyard. No one's here. So that's when we started work on adding in the tiers, adding, um, cause it was, I mean, it was Just like a, a hill, hill at first. Yeah, yeah right. it was a little hill. I mean, we're, we envisioned people bringing their picnic blankets and sitting out there, but nobody really came prepared for the lawn. Yeah. Um, so we tiered it out, added picnic tables for the, um, all the separation that we had to do with seating so that we could reopen, you know, under the new guidelines. Right. Um, and so that, we we used the COVID shutdown to our benefit, and that, that was right on. Kind of helpful. That's, yeah, that's, it's that it's that entrepreneurial build the plane on the way down. Yeah, you jump off the cliff, to, build the plane yeah, on the way right. down, and and hope it it takes flight. Yeah. Right? So what, I'm going to ask you the same question. I'm sure I'm going to get the same answer, or I may not. What was what do you think your biggest hurdle was from the time you purchased the building to the time you opened? Alex said Ooh. construction earlier. So um, life. Actually, um, so well, you had a new baby at that time, right? No, I was pregnant. 
So left my corporate job um, up in Wisconsin, um, was finishing my master's degree from Michigan State, um, pregnant, uh, just started a new job at Clemson University working for the food science department where I'd previously gone to school. So they hired me when I told them I was coming into town. Go Tigers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, um, oh, what else was going on? Just a lot. I just, just a lot was going on. Yep. Oh, yeah. We sold our house in Wisconsin, moved into my parents' attic. You know, was, Yeah. So, so you <laughs> add all of the things you got that on your plate. That was your biggest challenge. <laughs> yeah, I brought the baby home to an attic. That was you know, not exactly attic. what I thought. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it, – you got to do what you got to do to make the dream work. That's right. So. And I'm sure that, I mean, things have probably got more organized now, but it's still, I'm sure, a whirlwind with you guys as far as just how much business. Because, I mean, it, you guys continue to seem to grow to me. Like, every time I go, it's just slam-packed. Like, when you had the hill before, you know, we'd go and it would kind of, and I don't know if the times I went, but it would not be as near as full as it is now. Correct. Yeah, people guys, love sitting outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is packed now when we, yep. every time I've ever been. Last time I was there, uh, got some food. Great food. Great. I, I thought it was super smart to partner with uh, those guys and, and stay local. But uh, sat at a table, and I was next to a lobbyist out of Columbia. And I'm hmm. like, cool. what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, oh, there's a brewery right here. Yeah, like, hey, brewery. You don't have any breweries in Columbia? <laughs> no, we were on the lake, but mm-hmm. we came off the lake, and this is, yeah. this is the destination. That, that is the great thing, too, is that Kiwi itself is a destination, that's right. And so then when somebody's like, oh, let's go to a brewery, and they look it up, they ain't but one. <laughs> They're headed your way, right? That is, that's correct. Right. And we can, I remember when there wasn't a tap room. You know, when I opened Western Co., craft beer was just for us, yeah. like just getting there. And at that time, I didn't, like I said earlier, I didn't know what a craft the beer was. The only tap room that I knew of when you opened that next door was the beer station. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Smagala's place in Pickens. Uh, it was um, Appalachian Ale House. Yeah. Well, that's too far. Well, there's brews, well, brews on the alley is what we went to. That's right. They were there. They were there, too. And then I guess you had Joe Cassie at that. When you opened this, Joe Cassie was already up there, too. But yeah. I mean, that's um, kind of a hop for us. Yeah, they, they opened they were just a couple months because I remember they invited us to come up and see the space before they opened. Yeah, so. oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. So the public's really taking on to you guys. Y'all don't. You ever have a lull in business? Are you just like out the gate and Mad dash. wide open? Yeah. Um, I mean, every, every restaurant you know, is subject to seasonalities and things like that. You know, you just kind of, as you, as you're open longer, you can kind of see what your trends are. Um, Things like, you know, right after New Year's, like we're going to be a little slow because everyone's, you know, you know, spent all that money for Christmas. Party out. out They're a little partied out, you know. um, It's cold. Yeah. Until tax checks come in. (laughs) Well. (laughs) February. Or like people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to do. I'm going to try and lose 10 pounds by the end of yeah, January. Yeah. And oh, then that cut the beer out. <laughs> cut yeah, the beer out. No doubt. So we asked, asked Alex earlier before the break how important a, a partnership is. And I believe y'all stated that y'all, sometimes you spoke at Clemson. Yep. Um, so give me a little background. One on the question of what's it like to run an active business and then go home as husband and wife together. Okay. And then tell me a, a little bit about what your speaking points are at Clemson to other entrepreneurs. Sure. Um, as far as working together and, you know, going home together, it, we, if there was any doubt in our mind that we couldn't do this together, we would not have done it together. Um, we, we, we very much value our, our marriage and our, you know, our lives together. Very few can do that. I feel like me and my wife's one of those that could probably work together. But we, we actually do speak a very similar language. So I came from the cheese industry. He's in the beer industry. When he talks to me about 
anything fermentation or sanitation or manufacturing. A lot of chemistry involved. Chemistry, things like that. Um, we speak a similar language. So it's just like you're hanging out and talking to each other. Yeah. Like it's not necessarily work for us because it's something that he and I both enjoy. Yeah. Um, so it, we just, we get along on all, on all levels really. Um, and we consult with each other before we make decisions and things like that, just as we would at home um, for the business. So, um, and bringing me on full time, I mean, was a major step um, for Alex, cause I was working at Clemson, um, in the food science department and he realized he needed somebody that was going to work with him that required no training on how to deal with Alex. Yeah, he could, he could. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was like, what more you're perfect person than me? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're a shoe in yeah. and he, you know, there's like, there's a lot of things, there's trust, there's, there's a lot of things that go into that too. That's not going to be a part of a normal employee. Oh, for sure. Right. Right. I mean, what a great partner. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about yeah. the teal. Or any kind of issue there. Not that they have to worry about that with their current employees. No, but, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. But we've always been, uh, when I was in corporate, we had a motto. It was slow to hire, quick to fire. Mm-hmm. And so, But when you're husband and wife, there's no motto. It's yeah. like, I married you because I trust you and I love you, and this is going to work out great. Yeah. But Megan and I, when we did the lofts upstairs project, because I was already doing commercial buildings when I met Megan, and uh, she was like, well, I'm going to help you with the lofts. And I'm just like, okay, that's going to be great. I'm in love. You're, you're the greatest thing. We're not even married yet. Blah, 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 blah. And we then, almost got divorced before we even got married. <laughs> just decorating. And I'm just like, why, why are you painting that color? Now, she loves the color, and now yeah. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that kind of thing. But we figured out that we couldn't, we couldn't run a business together. And I say that to say this. Every day we run our businesses together. Yeah. Every single day. Well, she values your opinion. You value her opinion. That's you, right. Just in the trenches, you guys aren't together. That's right. Yeah. So, and, and then we and we feed off of each other really well, just like you you were saying. And it's, I think it's very important. The only rule we have in our house is our house is an open office until you go through the French doors to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Once you go in the bedroom, there is no work. We yeah. don't talk about it. We we're not going to discuss it. Even if you have an idea, you better make a note in your phone. Talk about it tomorrow. And we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. So that is our only rule. But other than that. Uh, and probably we don't talk about work after uh, a certain time. <laughs> at 10 o'clock after, at night, we're not two glasses about of wine. Yeah. <laughs> that is a rule sometimes, <laughs> especially if it's cab. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so having a strong partner is very important. So tell me kind of what you talk about. What do you tell other entrepreneurs at Clemson when you, when you guys speak together? So they had us come in um, with the Spiro Institute. Um, mm. Gosh, we went in last. We went in sometime last year. I think it was last fall. Um, so we go. We go once or twice a year to go talk. Do they have a brewing science major there? Ah, no, no. Um, I can talk about that yeah. in a minute. I didn't want. mean to okay. interrupt you. I just no, it's fine. Um, so we go in, and um, they. It's basically just you know tell us your story, things like that. A lot of what we've talked about today. Um, and but like what I do like to focus on is having a strong partner if you're going into something. Um, as a family business that you're starting, or even if you're, you know, if you have a significant other or partner, um, that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, um, that they give you their full support. Yeah. Um, or have limitations on their support. Like yeah, I can support sure. you, you know, it's a tough road. emotionally, but not monetarily. So don't go asking sure. or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. um, you need to have those expectations if you have a significant other in your life. Cause yeah. a lot of times business, you know, yeah, and get yeah. in the way of a personal relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I've family. I've seen that. I mean, me and me and Heather, we we definitely don't operate the same. But she's one. of This is my wife. She's one of those that's like, I don't understand it, but I tr- I trust you that you'll make yeah. the best decision for this house. Yeah, I don't understand yes. it, but I've seen 
you know, we've done this, we've been down this road before and it all turned out all right. So I got you type yeah. of deal. But yep. um, and one of the other things I talk about, you guys, you guys hit the nail on the head a little bit earlier when I was over on the couch. I was like, yeah, um, they they ask, um, what what do you suggest um, students do at Clemson, you know, who are interested in being entrepreneurs going out on their own after college? Um, always, always, always find somebody doing what you want to do. Yeah. And exactly. Even if you have to just volunteer to get, just get a glimpse of what you're going to get yourself into. That's better than just walking out the door and thinking I can do this all on my own with no help and and whatnot. Mm. So, um, I think, I think that's just the number one thing to to find the ones that do exactly what you want to do is what Mm -hmm. I say, because sometimes there's little things that may vary from different industries and Mm -hmm. they won't necessarily transfer perfectly and then make sure they're successful too. That's the thing. Cause you don't want to hurt, learn bad habits. No, if you find right. those two things, that's right. You know, they do. They're doing exactly what you want to go out and do, and they're successful. And go watch them. You're going to learn more than you'll ever get paid. So, so yeah. if somebody came from Clemson and said, "Man, I just, I just want to brew beer. I know I want to brew beer. Can I work at your place for free? Would you guys even be entertain that for free? <laughs> yes. Like, like if, they, if they're just trying to get their their foot in the I'm door. On. Yeah. And almost, then, almost like an internship. Yeah. Like, but. We're, mm-hmm. we're out of college, right? Or we're not out of college. We just know that we want to brew beer and can we learn from you guys our respect? Which I'm sure that involved. it would depend on what your, you know, what you really truly thought they were, their intentions Cable. were. Mm-hmm. Capable of and what their intentions were. Like if, if you felt like they had great intentions and that they were actually going to come and try to work hard and learn, I don't see why you'd turn that down, right? But then there's also the other side where people will say that, I'll come work for free, but they're, they're probably not even worth the work that they're they going to give you anyway. They just want to drink yeah. for oh, sure. free. Yeah. Whatever, right. Right. Yeah, we, with, with anyone that we allow, you know, to have any special knowledge of our process yeah. or anything like that, we, we, you know, we will you gotta vet, vet them. them. Yep. You got to yeah. vet exactly. them. You have to vet them. So tell us why there's not a brewery science major. Um, there's not a brewing science major. Um, there is a food science major, and they do talk a lot about fermentation and things of that matter. Um, and... There is a program in the works for a, somewhat like of a brewing um, certificate that would fall under. So they would take program. food science and then maybe just get the certificate type of deal or how would that work? What would they major in? It, well, from what I understand, the intention of the, the program is um, there would be. <laughs> how do I word this? You can take a course and it would probably count towards your science major of some sort. Gotcha. Um, so you could, I mean, you could be a chemistry major and take it. So, but then, like so I elect, guess. Like an elective. Like an elective. Like an elective. And then yep. if they went to pursue a, a brewing job afterwards, they could say, hey, look, I'm a science major, but yes. I have this little. Elective and yeah. brewing. Yep. I've seen yeah. how the brew systems work in real life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. How it's. And I understand all the chemistry yeah. and all the stuff behind it. Yeah. Yep. And Alex was mentioning that, that, that brew system that he homebrewed on um, when we, when we moved down here to Open Kiwi Brewing Company, um, his fellow home brewers said, you know what, you just go ahead and take it. You know, take it down there, work on your recipes, you know, while you're getting ready for the brewery to right. open. So they, they donated it to us. Awesome. So it was his, but, you know. Have they been down here to, to consume your... Most of them have, yeah. That's awesome. Um, like that you guys went from doing it on the table to, you know, we are. in a brewery. Yeah. And so, a lot of people in line and... Yeah. Oh yeah, y'all helped me do this. Yep. So he used that to hone in his recipes before we before we opened, um, and it's it hasn't really been used um, since we opened. And um, 
we actually just donated that system to Clemson University so that they can start oh, their cool. program. That's awesome. If, yeah, you not, would, if you wouldn't have done that, I would expect you to build a shelf up on the top of the wall and display this. And always remember where you came from, yeah, right? Because that's yeah. so important yeah. at the size and the level you guys are. Very successful. That's when you get the glass jar back from, from your dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mr. Beer Kit or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I think it's very important to always remember where you came from. For sure. You know? Well, I think it tells your story to everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think story is very important. So do y'all celebrate wins? We always talk about celebrating wins. I don't know what episode we hadn't talked about celebrating wins. Yeah. I think it um, should be a theme of every podcast. It's very important that uh, if I do something successful, I take a picture of it and send it. To, I sent him a picture of a couple checks uh, last week. I was like, hey, had a good day. Means like, man, way to go. Like, mm-hmm. He celebrates yeah. my wins and vice versa. I've always been a Kyle Voss fan. Do y'all find yourself doing that with your employees or in your own household between you and Alex or? Uh. That's a great question. Or you're just so uh, busy getting shit done that it's, it's like, oh, that was cool. Did you see that? Awesome. Let's move on. And keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I mean, it kind of, yeah. Kind of. We just keep yeah. going. Um, I mean, we'll we'll share with our employees, like, if we get on, like, a top 20 beer list of, you know, South Carolina. Yeah. You know, oh, we'll cool. share that with them and tell them, like, look look how awesome you look guys are we doing. Because yeah. we, we, we make the beer. We run the brewery. But they're also the phase behind it. They're what keep right. people wanting to, you know, not just come back and drink good beer. But, um their hospitality is what makes people want to come back into the door. Yeah. You, know, you can find good beer in a lot of places. You're right. Makes them come back You're right. So. That, it's very that's important. exactly yeah. right. So you really focus, do you train on customer service and the customer experience from when they walk in? So when they leave, do y'all go over that with your employees? Yeah. Lots of them though, like I mentioned, they are, they're great bartenders. They, they came to us as already great bartenders. So that was wonderful. But yes, we do, we do continuous training, you know, especially if Alex and I go somewhere and we see something, that we're like, oh, they do it this way. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, need, I think that's really, that up, yeah, yeah, we need to pick that up. So we will train on that periodically. Um, but I, I, even though I teach some classes or whatever, talk about entrepreneurship, I'm, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur. See, and I think it's the opposite. I think it, that you're such an entrepreneur that you're so far in the weeds that you don't feel like it, right? I want you to say that again. What? What you just said, you don't feel like, why don't you feel like an entrepreneur? Even though you do this, I didn't start out this way. Like I was completely happy working a corporate job, getting paid lots of money, getting paid benefits, That's getting paid time crazy. off, flying around the world. You're the epitome of I I love entrepreneur. That. But I, I really enjoy that lifestyle. And for us, making this big leap was terrifying to me because we're self-employed. Yeah. Where do I get health insurance? I was pregnant. What was I going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's why, I don't say that's why I picked up the job at Clemson. I really enjoyed that program, um, helping them with their ice cream program. But I was scared half to death. I was very comfortable oh, with sure. someone taking care of me and giving yeah, me money. <laughs> sure. I, so. I, I get it. I, I but work, I think, I, I mean, I think that's a common theme with every entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Well, Some, not necessarily because some, her background and my background is very similar. Corporate world mm-hmm. and uh, airplane and hotels more than I was at home. Like loved the lifestyle, loved yep. going to different places in the country. And then I, I left and became an entrepreneur. Yeah. But you're saying, you're and saying that there like, was no fear. See, my, and my really. thing is technically you never left not because really. you had income that was from that world. Yeah, and you fair, fair enough. So, and then, but so when let, we, hold on, let me rephrase it. If all you had was Illinois yeah, and you're like, I'm going to go do this. I'm yeah, going to do it, this. It'll freak me out. See, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But when Megan and I met, she's a PhD and working for the university, Clemson university at the time we met. And, um, and now she's an entrepreneur. Now, watching her go from never being an entrepreneur to yeah. 
on her own with her own business now that's successful. Watching her grow is very stressful yeah. because she, when we met, she's like, you're crazy for what you're doing. Now, when we go to a different city, she's like, I wonder what that building's cash flowing. Well, <laughs> and, I, you know, and I've created a monster, so to speak. So. I can see her urgency, though. Yeah, you know, she's enough. so new in this entrepreneur space. Yeah. That I can see her urgency to like go. Be successful. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I say she has never been an entrepreneur, but she grew up in a household of entrepreneurs because her mom and dad are farmers. Yeah. Right. So they have always worked for themselves. Right. And if you don't think a farmer is an entrepreneur, oh, yeah. we have missed the, the, the bullseye here yeah. because they are absolutely you're, the epitome. You're dependent on Mother Nature. Yeah. Of entrepreneurship. So yeah. that's awesome. Tell us what your coworker. Uh, My coworker Dave. So yeah. Tell us about okay. Dave. Dave. Dave Wentz. He's a he's an angel. Shout out to Dave. Yeah. Uh, so Dave and I were traveling together on a work assignment, and um, I was. Was this when you were in Wisconsin? Yep. Is when I was in Wisconsin. We were going to go audit a cheese plant together, <laughs> and so we were driving, and I confided in him because I knew him prior to getting my job at Sordento too. So I knew that he. He knew me. Back right. up a little bit. Her background, we're not talking Kiwi Brewing. This was in her corporate world when, yes. where you were a? I was a supply quality manager for Sargento. That was my title. Cheese company. Yeah, cheese company. Okay, yes. continue. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we're in the car together, and I told him, I was like, this is what I think we're going to do. You know, I think we're, we're thinking about, we're thinking about freaking this. freaking out. You know, and so he, now he knows that he's potentially losing his favorite coworker. So, yeah. he, you know, you could tell he's a little sad. But um, he really... Uh, <laughs> You know, he really, you know, he really respected me and liked me and he gave me the advice. He was like, well, why not? And I was like, yeah. well, I was, at the time we had, I think we had just turned 30 and, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of money and, you know, leaving our house and leaving the job and, you know, it's just a lot of unknown. He was like, well, okay. He was like, would you rather do it now or in 10 years? Yeah. Are you going to have more money in 10 years to do this? Yeah. Are you going to have more experience in your making your own brewery in 10 years? And I was like, No. Not really. I mean, probably maybe had more money if we saved, but yeah. Um, you know, we just he was like, Well, would you rather look back at this when you're forty and be like, Okay, we got ten years under our belt and we're running a successful business, or would you be even more uncomfortable at forty leaving your yeah, job yeah. when you're getting ready for retirement? Yeah, yeah. You know, so um And you can always go back to the corporate life. Yeah. That's all I mean, maybe not the exact same job. Yeah. But there's always something, right? Yeah. So though I came home and told Alex that and he was like He's right. He's like, okay. You're never ready. Let's go forward. Mm-hmm. I, my, my, one of my biggest life lessons was that you're never ready. Even if you had waited the 10 years, you still feel unready at yep. that point, right? That's why we always say jump off a cliff, build an airplane yeah. on the way You're down. never going to yeah. be ready. You just got to go. That's right. Figure it out. I mean, you can be more prepared, I guess, than mm-hmm. other, but you're never going to feel like you're 100% ready to, you know, do whatever. So we asked Alice this, and, and we're kind of going to start wrapping up a little bit, but uh, what is the advice that you would have for somebody wanting to get into your industry today? Hmm. Is it the same as his? Um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said that because he doesn't want any more competition. But, yeah. <laughs> no, competition's actually very good. Yeah. Competition yeah. breeds revenue. I've said it a hundred times. Yeah. I will continue to say it. Competition is great. Yeah. But what advice would you give somebody that wanted to just – that's home brewing today and wanted to be a, uh, their own brewery? Well, I would say um, <laughs> not necessarily don't, but be very aware of what you're getting yourself into. So also go talk mm-hmm. to somebody who yeah. owns a brewery um, and what it took to do that. But um, a lot of people don't understand, as Alex kind of mentioned too, is like it's not super luxurious. Like, yeah. um, it's oh, work. Fair. Um, yeah, it's work. Fair. Yeah, it's – he works hard. He's – I mean, he's at work – 
12 to 13 hours a day and every day of the week. And it's, you know, it is actually a 24 seven job because we're answering emails or phone calls all the time. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, it's working, always on his mind. It's working while you're not there too. Do you guys have like alarms and stuff on your heat and isn't there like some kind yep, of, yep. Yep. Something like middle of the night, if the thing quits cooking, you got to take off. Yep. So, I mean, he's, mm. he's left in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m. Cause he's like, did I open that vent? Oh, yeah. I, you know, he's yeah, like, yeah. I can't remember. And he's keeping it up all night. He's like, I, got to, I just got to go. It's You're on the worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, it's, it's not as, you know, luxurious as it looks. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting behind the bar watching a brewery. Well, brewery the other thing is too, is like most people, I would guess that homebrew are passionate about it. And that transition from passion to job is a tough transition. You know, I've experienced that with automotive myself. Yeah, but dang, if you're passionate about it, you're going to make it work. If right. You, if you're not passionate about but it. But a lot of times people are passionate about it because it's not a job. When it turns into a job. A cool factor. When it turns into yes. a job, it will ruin your passion if you're not careful. Yep. So there's like a balance there that you have to, and that would be one thing too, I would tell people. I mean, Alex over shaking his head like. Yeah, you nailed it. You, yeah. It, there's, there's, I experienced it with fabrication and cars. Yeah. Like I get to where I don't even want to go work on a car anymore. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, we've, we've seen it over and over again. When you turn your passion to a job, there's a fine line. You have to walk there. In other words, I don't think you guys are brewing at home anymore, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. We took that to another level. So we talk a lot about social media on this podcast. Mm-hmm. How important is social media to what you guys are doing today? It's very important. Um, Alex and I actually don't use our personal social media that much anymore. Um, right. We... We post almost every single day for the brewery on uh, Facebook and Instagram. At um, Kiwi Brewing? What is the Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, it's at Kiwi Brewing. Yeah. Are you TikToking? No. <laughs> I, Tick, you don't have a ticker tucker? <laughs> as an older millennial, I have not gotten into TikTok. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but um, t- just, well, we, we stopped doing yeah, yeah. social media, so it's just, I just never picked up on it. But, yeah, of um, course. Of course. We, we post almost every single day, which you'll actually talk to a lot of branding and marketing people and they're like, if you're doing, if you're doing marketing the correct way, you don't have to post every day. No, we got to post every day. Yeah, I agree. Um, so especially like in our area, people like to know all the details up front and if they have any questions, they're going to call you about it. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you're not able to sit by the phone and answer questions every day, put all the information for the day on social media, all your details. Sorry if it's a little wordy. Yeah. Um, but here you go. I, did, I disagree with whoever told you that. Because I've got a lot of social, I, I do a lot of stuff on social media as I agree well. What you're saying, yeah. And I think, especially with now the way that, that a lot of these platforms are working, they're not showing all your stuff to everybody, right? And so, You'll just because you yeah. just because you post it doesn't mean that, that everybody's going to see it. And so, mm-hmm. like multiple posts, you know, posting every day, I think is a okay. And like I think yeah. a lot of those guys that post three times a day. Yeah. It's fine, you know. You, I've heard. I, mean, I, I think yeah, but, uh, Gary's like four, four time, four organic posts a day on TikTok. And yeah. if you're not, I'm gonna call you out. Yeah, yeah that's bullshit. But um, uh, during the break, we talked about giving back to the community, mm-hmm. right? So tell me what you guys do in October. Okay, so October is um, kind of the month that we we um, spend a little bit of time uh, raising awareness and funds for Oconee Humane Society. Amen. Um, I've I have a couple of really soft spots in my heart, and dogs are one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they just need a lot of help yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they get overlooked a lot too when it comes to. Yeah. I would I would think when you're raising when people are raising money for certain organizations, I would think the Humane Society and, and pets in general 
get yeah. kind of left behind. So do you do like a buy a pint, donate a dollar? Tell us about the program that you do, because this is not your first year doing this. It's usually October is uh, Oconee County Humane Society or just Humane Society. Uh, the Oconee County is what we yeah. focus on. Um, Love it. So essentially the entire month of October is uh, we're accepting donations. So we'll have a poster and a post out um, of what is most needed by the um, Humane Society. And they update the list every year depending on what they truly need. Um, so we accept donations for that. Um, we uh, last year uh, worked with a, um, a pet seamstress <laughs> um, named Christina, and she had made uh, bandanas for the pets. Oh, so cool. you would get a free pet bandana with a, a minimum donation, cool. things like that. Um, we accept monetary donations and such as well. But then um, at the end of the month, which the way the weeks fall this year, it's on November 3rd. Um, we're doing a um, an event where there will be adoptable pets there. There will be people yeah. from the Oconee Humane Society there being able to answer questions on fostering or adopting or just any general, like, coming over and letting the dogs run around on Sundays. It's awesome. Um, so just kind of bringing awareness to that group that's in, in the area, you know, what, they, um, what they're able to offer the community and pet owners as well. So um, they... You know, they, they even have programs where, like, you can come pick up free dog food if you're, if you're struggling and you don't mm-hmm. want your dog to struggle as well as, right. as the family, you know, um, come pick up free dog food. So we're just making, um, just helping them get their word out um, and then, you know, donations awesome. if needed. I love, I, look, I got a soft spot, same, same as you for dogs. We've got two dogs. They're both rescues. It's, I think there's enough great dogs out there that yeah. I don't need a breeder's dog. And um, I think rescued pets love harder mm-hmm. than purchased pets. Yeah. And when I opened up 28 West, one of the first things that I did uh, probably in 2016 was had them come in and set up cages. And every customer that came in, you know, we made a big announcement. And we had a, j- tip, a tip jar on the counter. You could donate to the Humane Society. And I think two dogs got adopted that day. That, that, yeah. And it was just super cool. And so so many times it's overlooked, you know. So I, I appreciate, I personally appreciate mm-hmm. what you're doing for, uh, for Oconee County. That's awesome. I'll have to be out there November 3rd. Yeah. We should write it down. Barks and Brews. Bark, <laughs> nice. Bark and Brew. There you go. I like it. I like it. Well, listen, this has been great. I want to thank uh, Alex and uh, Allison for being here today. Yeah, you're very welcome. And thank you for the beer. So uh, this is our second guest that's ever brought that's something right. to yes. the podcast. Greg Kutu was the first. Yep. But uh, they might have shown him up because I've still got like three crowlers right. in here that we'll have to do after this podcast. So... Uh, we appreciate Kiwi Brewing. Tell the people again where they can find you on social media. Uh, Kiwi Brewing Company on Facebook and at Kiwi Brewing on Instagram. And we have a gorgeous website if you're into websites. Okay. Well. And Kiwi, I'm Kiwi assuming it's KiwiBrewing.com. Yep, yep. KiwiBrewing.com. Keep it simple. Right on. Kyle, I appreciate your time this yeah, uh, thank afternoon. Thank you. I love drinking beer. Nah, I mean, oh, and I and I finished uh, finished the podcast by tapping it off with uh, the uh, Mexican cake. There you go. Which is phenomenal by the way you guys congratulations on a successful business in Oconee County we appreciate your time and we will definitely either podcast from your location or have you guys on again yeah all right thanks everybody appreciate it